Good morning and welcome to another edition of Mornings with Matthew. I'm Matthew Tregesser and today we'll be doing something a little bit different from our previous episodes. Today we'll be doing a guest perspective interview for the entire episode. Just this past week, FAIR dispatched a media response team to the southern border to see firsthand our nation's immigration crisis. Joining me today, after a long week of traveling, is FAIR's communications director, Dave Ray. Dave, welcome to the show, and I hope you aren't too exhausted from uh, your trip last week. Hey, Matthew, always good to be with you and good to be back home. Great. So where exactly were you and what made you interested in this region at the southern border? Well, FAIR put together the idea of a media response team as the crisis at the border kind of bubbled to the surface. And so every several months uh, when the occasion uh, avails itself, we dispatch a uh, media team to the group to get some firsthand knowledge of what's going on there, see for ourselves without the filter of the mainstream media, talk to experts in the field about what they see, check out the wall, its efficacy, uh, the border, mm -hmm. and various things, and then kind of report back largely via talk radio. So this time we uh, were dispatched to El Paso, which has really been a, a hot spot of illegal immigration as the summer continues, uh, it, it will, Texas will be really ground zero for most of the illegal alien entries. So we decided uh, to give El, El Paso a look. So when you were down there, what was the most startling thing that you saw or you heard? Because, you know, obviously El Paso is one of the largest cities on the southern border, but I feel like there's so much going on there right now that you had a lot to choose from. Right. So downtown El Paso is right on the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our hotel was three blocks from the border. And imagine uh, while we were there in El Paso on one very still morning, suddenly a manhole cover pops off in the middle of a busy intersection in downtown El Paso and out comes more than 100 illegal immigrants. Oh, my gosh. If there was a better story <laughs> to really demonstrate the illegal alien surge at the border. I've never come across one in my life. So that's kind of how that typified our trip. Uh, but the previous day, we had uh, met up with some local law enforcement and taken a very extensive tour of the border, starting in downtown El Paso and then extending out about 80 miles east of the city. We saw where the wall was, where it wasn't. Uh, went up uh, right to the banks of the Rio Grande, where there wasn't, there was there was nothing of a river, but a small mud puddle that you probably could have got your feet wet in. It was all that was uh, there for the Rio Grande. But it was a very interesting uh, trip, and we were able to get a lot of firsthand reconnoitering about what folks thought of the immigration issue there in El Paso, what had gotten better and what had gotten worse. Absolutely. Quickly going back to the uh, manhole story, do you know if these individuals got apprehended or were they just, they kind of vanished in the, in the middle of the intersection? I'm assuming they were apprehended. Uh, but what we found in El Paso and elsewhere on the southern border is very disturbing. In fact, I was more disturbed when, once I got to El Paso and really had a sense of what was going on than, than prior to my arrival. What it seems that, uh, that is happening on the southern border is that uh, the illegal alien cartels have discovered that if they more or less flood the zone mm -hmm. with illegal aliens— uh, that detention 
uh, space is tapped out. There's, so there's nowhere to put these folks as they show up in the United States. While we were there in El Paso, the largest group ever, ever apprehended in U.S. history, 424 people, I believe, mm-hmm. just west of the city came over. So they're coming over in very large groups. They're overwhelming the border patrol. They're coming in in places where there isn't a wall. Uh, So they're simply stepping into the United States. Now, we have been told in the past that they're all asking for political asylum. But what we've heard from insiders is that the asylum, uh, the detention space is so tapped out that many of these aliens know that they will just simply be released Mm -hmm. when they come in. They're not even bothering to ask for political asylum anymore. They're given a court date. And then if you go to the Greyhound bus station in downtown El Paso, you'll see every day where... Um, illegal immigrants are placed on buses and sent to be reunited with often illegal immigrant family members elsewhere in the United States. It's a very disturbing situation, particularly since we have uh, no background checks on these folks. We really don't have a great idea who they are. I know uh, when we were in San Diego, uh, what was most commonplace was that the illegal aliens were destroying their travel documents before they got to the U.S., making it more difficult to tell who they were. Uh, another phenomenon is the uh, growing trend of uh, snatching a kid uh, from somewhere in Central America on your way to the United States to pose as a child. And there's been over a thousand cases of that has, that's been mm-hmm. discovered. Uh, so our uh, asylum loopholes have not only incentivized a flagrant violation of our immigration laws, but it's incentivized child smuggling, which is a real tragedy. Absolutely. And for our listeners out there, um, we have some astonishing figures to read off to you guys. So uh, the UACs uh, had a 333% increase from March 2018 to March 2019. Those are unaccompanied alien children? Right. Yes. And then family units, uh, 1,670% increase, 1,670 just from March 2018 to March 2019. And then single adult males, a 60% increase from that same time frame. So there's obviously a big surge occurring. Um, and, and like you mentioned, you know, there's not enough detention space. Uh, and the exploitable asylum laws are encouraging them to come up. And right. there's no shortage of this. So moving along, um, I saw recently in, I think it was February, the mayor of El Paso, uh, D. Margo, he basically was uh, quoted saying that the border wall basically didn't make El Paso any safer than it was before. So uh, the quote right. here is, before our fence went up, we were a safe city. After our fence went up, we were still safe. So what are your thoughts on this? I mean, don't you think that's pretty well, insane yeah. that he's saying that it's not effective? I think, yeah, you know, if you want to get a straight answer, don't go to a politician. Right. And so regardless of what your political leanings are, Listen to what the Border Patrol has to say about the wall. Listen to what local law enforcement has to say about the wall. And when I asked in El Paso, uh, everyone associated with law enforcement in that area, hands down said that crime in El Paso has gone down tremendously since the wall was built. Mm-hmm. That what El Paso and what the southern border needs are two things, more border wall and asylum reform. It's as simple as that. What's most frustrating for these Border Patrol agents 
whose morale is so low, they're overwhelmed, they're to the point where they can't even do their jobs anymore. What's so frustrating is that if you put a handful of Republican leaders and Democrat leaders in a, in an office for a couple hours and shut the door for a closed-door meeting, they could probably have these asylum reforms worked out, and this problem could be over. Mm-hmm. My fear is that this is too good of an issue for the Democrats going into the 2020 election. This is, they see this as a prime opportunity to embarrass the president over what was his cornerstone issue, immigration enforcement, and that we're not going to see any real solution to this till the end of the uh, presidential election. Right. And I think another thing that a lot of people aren't realizing is, you know, maybe that, that there's data that doesn't support the effectiveness of the wall, but it's you don't need to always rely on data. And obviously you want to, but just merely having the wall serves as a deterrent to yeah. these migrants. Yeah. It, you know, it frees up the border patrol instead of them, you know, patrolling in remote areas. Now they can go to, you know, hotbed areas. And yeah. it, it's... Well, let me be crystal clear about this, Matthew. A wall is not the solution. Right. A wall is part of the solution. Mm-hmm. It's a portfolio approach, part of a portfolio approach to immigration enforcement that includes asylum reform, more border wall, more immigration and customs agents uh, on the ground, mandatory E-Verify throughout the United States so that folks who do get by uh, are locked out of the job market, and a major crackdown on sanctuary cities. These folks know where the sanctuary cities are, and they want to go to them because they'll, they know they'll be protected. So, you know, you'd say you put up a wall, so I put a, fe- I put a you know, ladder up there mm-hmm. and climb it. Well, clearly the wall has to be observed. It has to be staffed. Uh, so a wall is a wonderful deterrent, mm-hmm. but it only deters. It will not stop. And as I said, it is part of a portfolio approach to regaining control of our nation's borders and our nation's destiny. You know, after you went on this trip, did it confirm to you that we have a southern border crisis? I mean, I know you and I went to San Diego uh, and we saw firsthand what was going on around there. But now after going to El Paso, does this only confirm to you that, yes, we're experiencing a a border crisis? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Democrats are starting to wake up to this realization as well. I mean, just one statistic, uh, we were with a local sheriff from a county just east of El Paso, Hudspeth County, and he told us that in his county, 99% of the people that he arrests are foreign nationals. Hmm. Uh, To show you the idea of the correlation between crime and illegal immigration Mm -hmm. in his county is enormous. Do they mention the kind of the countries that they were seeing these foreign nationals come from, or was it did not Did not mention that. It is primarily Central Americans, but it is becoming, unfortunately, a global phenomenon. I don't know if you've been following the what the Mexicans are calling the mother of all caravans that is in Mexico City right now uh, preparing to make, you know, the leg north mm-hmm. to the United States, but it's comprised, you know, of Central Americans, of course, from the triangle uh from the Golden Triangle countries, but also Africans, Middle Easterners. We have, I mean, word has gone out to the world. Uh, This is how you get in the United States if you don't want to apply for a legal visa and try to come here legally. And uh, 
this is how to sidestep their immigration laws, and and it's working for far too many people. What we suggested while we were there uh, in the early 90s, they did something like this, and it was very effective. It was with Central Americans as well, and that was to put deterrent facilities right there on Mm -hmm. the border so that when people came in, they were automatically put in these deterrent facilities, and then they had mobile asylum courts uh, traveling around to these facilities so that, you know, the, the backlog of, of, of immigration cases is approaching a million cases. So anybody who knows that if you have two years until you're going to get your case heard, I mean, that, that, that incentivizes you right there. So what we would suggest is to make the, the first, the, the most recent illegal immigrants at the front of the line. They're deterred. They're in these det- detention camps. They get their asylum hearings. You wrap it up uh, as quickly as possible and start sending them on buses back to Central America. I personally believe that until there's a steady stream of people denied asylum and denied entry into the United States going back to Central America, that this crisis is going to continue. Well, Dave, unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. I know we could talk about this for many hours, but I'd like to thank you for coming on today and hopefully you bet, enjoyed your, your time here on Mornings with Matthew. Uh, for more immigration-related news, check out our website at fairus.org and also check out the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, thank you very much and tune in next week for another edition of Mornings with Matthew. Mornings with Matthew.